Well, hi there and welcome. It is Take Two with Jerry and Debbie and you. It is your show getting underway here on a Monday on EWTN Radio. I am Jerry Usher along with Debbie Giorgiani. We have our uh, call screener Matt Gabensky in place, producer Ace McKay. Jeff Burson is monitoring social media on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, Debbie, we have a topic today that is a little bit a little bit heavy, but it's one that I think m- so many more people than we realize is actually are, are actually dealing with this. Absolutely. So we're asking the question today, how has dementia affected your family or Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, any age-related uh, situation like that, illness like that? Uh, but how has dementia affected your family? If you're one of the caregivers of, of a loved one who has um, Alzheimer's or dementia, please call in. Maybe you're um, just newly diagnosed with this and um, you're wondering what's going to happen. Could you call in? How about an experience of a, um, if you're a nurse or a doctor and you are working in this area? Um, it's very important that we d- we talk about it. There's a lot of attention on it now, which is good. That's a good thing because that can help everyone. Um, but a lot of people are kind of thrown into the situation pretty quickly and they have to learn as they go along. So we want to ask the question today, how has dementia affected your family? Good, the good parts of that, the not so good parts and everything in between at 833-288-3986. Yeah, as we know, with everything in life, God can bring good out of any situation. Uh, this is a, a very heavy cross for a lot of people to bear, not only those who uh, go through the illnesses themselves, but as Debbie said, the caregivers, the families, the extended families, friends. And so we want to have a conversation about this today because it is something that is very, very common in, in a lot of families and in individuals and marriages and so forth. And hopefully at the end of this uh, hour, a little less than an hour that we have together, we will have found some reasons to be very hopeful and give thanks to God for his many blessings and gifts and graces that he continues to shower even in the midst of something like a person you love going through dementia. So the number is 833-288-EWTN, 833-288-3986. And maybe you're right in the middle of it right now with a loved one and you'd like to talk about some things. You know, you can, we can maintain their privacy. I, I have the prayer book out. We'd like to pray for everyone that's going through this, the caregivers and the people that are, that are struggling with um, dementia and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and the other age-related illnesses. It's tough, guys. It really is tough. I know because my husband and I went through it. Um, and it's, it's, um, but here's the, here's the good news. There, there are a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of support. Um, like I said earlier, Jerry, people are talking about it now, which is a good thing. Um, but maybe you're, you have a loved one that was just diagnosed with something and you're thinking, well, I'm the next of kin and I have to step up and I have to help. And you're, you may not be equipped to be a caregiver. I had that happen in my family. Uh, one of my siblings just truly, she, she was there in many, many ways. But she was not equipped to really be a caregiver. Um, so my husband and I, we we did our very best. And you know, a lot of times with caregivers, Jerry, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that you go, I could have done this, or I should have done that, or you know, you 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 constantly question because you want the very best for your loved one. And so let's talk about it. We're here to listen, to learn, to grow together, and like Jerry said, pray and bring comfort. Eight three three two eight eight. Three nine eight six. Yeah, and we can we can focus on the importance of 
taking care of yourself if you are a caregiver. We want to mention, of course, EWTN's Director of Communications, Michelle Johnson, has a wonderful book uh, that came out a year or so ago. We had the opportunity to interview Michelle, and it's called Walking the Way of the Cross for Caregivers, How to Cope Practically, Emotionally, and Spiritually When a Loved One Has a Serious Illness. It's, again, Walking the Way of the Cross for Caregivers. Jot that down, and maybe if you, if you feel like I could give you a little pick-me-up, get a copy for yourself or somebody that you know on EWTNRC.com. But we would also love to know, you know, what kinds of things have you learned? Spiritual lessons, life lessons? How have you become more patient, perhaps, by uh, dealing with someone, helping somebody who has brain health issues? Um, Did you or do you see yourself as really being Jesus for that person? And and as Debbie alluded to, do you wish there were some things you had done differently? We want to talk about all of this and come away a little bit better, a little bit closer to God. 833 288-3986 288-3986 is the number to call. And if you're outside of North America, it is, it's 1205-271-2985. And Michelle's uh, book, uh, Walking the Way of the Cross for Caregivers, just won some Gabriel Awards. So it's, it's a fine, fine book. It's a true story of uh, her walk with her husband, Stu. So I, I, I agree with you, Jerry. I highly recommend the book. Um, uh, so please, you know, you know, it's good to get the information ahead of time, you know, and maybe you, you, you're, you're listening to this uh, topic today and you're going, well, this doesn't really relate to me. We don't have any of this in my family. That's the way I felt too, folks. I felt the exact same way. And then all of a sudden up comes this diagnosis of, of, uh, of, uh, the, the beginnings of dementia. And it's like, wow, your whole life you know, changes with your loved one, um, or you start to get all these feelings like, what does this mean? What is, what's going to happen? You know, and it's good to get the information ahead of time. Wouldn't you agree with that, Jerry? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that helps you, I think, well, it helps you in many ways. I was just thinking as you were talking, I wanted to, I wanted to ask our listeners if anybody, you know, approached it uh, you know, with, in a very real, open, communicative way, talking about it, trying to, you know, talk about things that are important to you before, uh, you know, before the brain gets to a point where it cannot, you know, process those things and have those conversations. So, yeah, I agree with you. And, and of course, we can talk about, you know, if, if people have had success in, in treating some of these things. I don't know myself personally, you know, what is out there by way of treatment. But uh, hopefully uh, we are moving closer to some of these things as a you know, scientific and medical community. 833-288-3986. One line still open. There it goes right there. Please do join us talking about uh, how dementia has affected you personally in any way, being involved with it, associated with somebody or in your family. Maybe there were family dynamics. There, there, there usually are, both good and bad. That's true. So, yeah, Debbie went through some of that, as she was mentioning a minute ago. So mm-hmm. a lot of ways we can come at this topic today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. 833-288-3986. And this might be a really difficult subject for you. It, it, it is for me because my mother has passed. It's going to be two years. Um, she lived to be 90, so we were really happy about that. That was on her bucket list to reach 90 years old, and she did. But, you know, it's a tough subject because it still brings up a lot of emotions. We understand that, and we will respect that. But please call in at 833 288 3986. How has dementia affected your family?
We are talking about how dementia has impacted your family on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie today on EWTN. We have a lot of calls, social media, uh, things are just pouring in today, so we're going to get to as much as we can right after I tell you about something new from EWTN Publishing. It's called, it's a book, The Roots of a Christian Civilization, First Principles of a Just and Ordered Society, and this is by Dominican priest Father Brian Milady, who was on Open Line on Thursdays. The Roots of a Christian Civilization is your, really, it's a compendium of Catholic social teachings, and in the pages you'll find... Answers to questions like, should law implement morality or not? Father Milady provides you with a compendium of accessible answers to a range of questions on spiritual and moral theology. The Roots of a Christian Civilization, First Principles of a Just and Ordered Society, a new book from EWTN Publishing, available at EWTNRC.com, where we always encourage you to buy Catholic, shop EWTNRC.com. Okay, so first up here on Take Two, talking about dementia, is Ginny, and Ginny is in Buffalo, New York, listening on our friends at the Station of the Cross. Hi, Ginny. Welcome to Take Two. Hi. um, I'm a retired nurse now, and um, I took care of both my parents who had two different types of dementia. My father had a mini-stroke. It affected his mental status, but he had a lot of anger issues and conflict growing up. Um, my mom, she just developed uh, Alzheimer's. I think hers was uh, also a tiny mini stroke, but it affected just her, her balance and then her thinking. And she just was not sleeping. And things that I find that were helpful for us were enlist the family members, take care of yourself, get sleep, make sure the, the patient gets sleep because mom used to be up all night worrying about dad. And um, she wasn't resting. Um, Establish some patterns of, like, regularity. Like, don't go from house to house to house. Try to bring the family members to the house because she's familiar with the house where all these changes cause more confusion. I don't know if that makes sense. But um, you can't wear yourself out. You need to get rest. Get somebody to give you a break. And a lot of times people don't realize the situation that you're in until you're there. And you just need to, you know, schedule the brothers and sisters to come to the house for a day or so many hours a week. And we found that to be so helpful. And it just makes, and then they get to see their family and it it just worked out better for us. Mm -hmm. Jenny. Ginny, you offered so many um, key and critical points that, that, are, that are essential for making this an experience that's not going to wear out other people, right? But I want to ask you this question. Uh, great, great advice you're giving. Um, but Ginny, given that you uh, were the nurse, I'm assuming that you the, were the only nurse in the family. Did everything kind of fall on you? I, I'm just curious. Yes, for sure. My, mm-hmm. Me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My sister lived so close, and, you know, I was like a half an hour away, but I found myself getting the call from Dad. I want to go out for my drive, which he was accustomed to every day. And so I would get over there, and I try to give Mom a shower, and he's out trying to drive his car. It was crazy. Mm, But I don't think people realized it until I couldn't do it anymore, and then they needed to pick up, and then they didn't know what to do. Right, right. Did they appreciate all you did? Because I, 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 the common thing that I'm hearing from people, I'm in, I'm in a couple different uh, 
uh, quote unquote, like support groups on, on social media for this, for caregivers. And, you know, the, the common thing that I hear is that the family members really didn't appreciate and understand what you went through being the primary, you know, kind of primary caregiver. Did you find that or was your family very grateful? No, absolutely. My sister was very supportive because she was there doing the same thing I was. We were kind of like helping each other to get through it all. And uh, the other siblings, there was a lot of fights and carrying on. Oh, you don't need to spend mom's money on mom because, you know, we need to save it for the rainy day. And I found myself accruing tons of financial, you know, costs because I couldn't get the money because my brother refused to give it to me and as reimbursement. Mm -hmm. And it caused a lot of conflict in my house, too. You know, my husband's like, they have money. Let them use it on their expenses, you know. That was a really... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing in these groups. And you know what else, too, Jenny? What do you feel about this? Because we had a wonderful support group that told us early on to, to journal everything. Every moment we spent, um, um, and we did, and, and, it, and it added up to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of entries in this journal. And when we, when we looked back and saw everything that we were called and asked to do, we were, we were blown away at how much we, I mean, we, we knew we had some kind of heavenly help because there was no way even the two of us could do it. Uh, did you ever do that, Ginny? We did on some level, but, you know, you get busy and you forget to do it. But with the financial thing, I recommend people documenting what you get. Save the receipt if you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, just so people are aware of all the money you're spending, and, you know, it's it's different if your parents can't afford it. And I would have, you know, I have in the past, I took care of them for decades because I was the nurse. And he, the siblings had no idea, no idea. And one mm-hmm. in particular was very angry and uh, just, well, I think he had anger issues to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Possible. That's one of the things we talked about leading into the opening of the show, Ginny, is uh, family dynamics are always going to be what they're going to be. And Absolutely. no one, no, 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 two, no two situations are likely to be the same. So mm-hmm. God bless you. Thank you again for being a nurse, Ginny, and for yes. sharing your experience mm-hmm. with us on the program today. I know mm-hmm. any time we always say this Take Two family, what you share on this show is going to have an impact on your fellow Take Two family members. So always be, uh, you know, always, always know that you're going to do a great help, mm-hmm. a great service to others. Um, we have Mindy next, listening in Amarillo, Texas, on St. Valentine Radio. Hi, Mindy. Hi. Um, Welcome. I called in today. Thank you so much. I called in today because um, my mom uh, passed away a few years ago. She had Alzheimer's, and I was, I'm was i an only child, so I was the only one. I hear what Jenny's saying, you know, being in a family, but still being the primary caregiver. And I lived in a different state from my mom at the time. And it came down to kind of an emergency situation. She was living alone and still okay. But to make a long story short, I had to move her from Texas up to northern Colorado. And when I was growing up, and even as an adult, my mom and I never saw eye-to-eye on hardly anything. And I I told the screeners, the one thing for me that was 
different with my mom and Alzheimer's is there were so many hidden blessings because as the Alzheimer's came on, a lot of the things that had been roadblocks for us in our relationship on her side began to fall away. And we became very close. And that was the biggest blessing. And I was able to be with her the last three year, three days that she was living. Mm-hmm. And I had always prayed to the Lord that I could be with my mom when she passed because she always told me she was so afraid of dying. Yeah. Wow. It was just kind of an overall idea that had been in her family for a long time, that this fear of dying. And yeah. I was able to be with her. You know, God did so much for us. Yeah. Well, and maybe- Go ahead, please finish. No, that that's really it. That's... Well, and you were you said so many hidden blessings. The one you shared there at the end, I mean, is is probably by far the greatest blessing, and that is just being able to be with your mother those those last three days. There are a lot of people who, when death approaches, uh, do feel um, very distressed, very fearful, things like this. And it makes such an amazing difference to have somebody that, that they know, they love, they recognize by their side. And the fact that you and your mom became so much closer through all of this, even after, as you said, many years of really not seeing eye to eye on so many different things. This is just like our God, Mindy. God is, he wants relationships to be healed and to be whole and to be healthy. And you were able to achieve that with your mom very shortly before she died. And that's going to that's gonna serve her well into eternity. It's going to serve you well for the rest of your life. And you have to have now, I believe, a real a sense of peace of mind that you did what God was calling you to do and you saw the blessings that God gave you through that. So... Debbie, I don't know if you have any thoughts. But. Well, the only thing I, I would I would share, Mindy, is that you know you being an only child, this has to have an, an even greater impact on you, and so I can hear all the emotion in in your words, and I I just want to say you know my my heart goes out to you. I'm sending you a virtual hug because. Um, it was tough on me and I was one of six, but I, at times I felt like an only child. In fact, I, I feel like an only child most of the time actually. Um, but it's, it's very hard because you know, it's your mom. And, and so I just wanted to, to, um, just know, I wanted you to know that I, I, I can hear the, the kind of the deep heart, um, emotion that you have with this, Mindy. Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're very welcome. Absolutely. Thank you for blessing us today, Mindy, with your participation in the conversation, talking about how your family has been uh, affected by dementia, which covers a lot of different ailments, 833-288-3986. Let's talk to Sue in Chicago next, listening on WSFI. Hello, Sue. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Good morning. Bless you all. You wouldn't believe I, I, called, I listened to Call to Communion in the afternoon. And I had the radio on, and I just went past your station, and I heard the word dementia, and I almost drove off the road. I have a 58-year-old husband who has full-blown aphasia. For those of, those of you listening who don't know what that is, it's the loss of language, speech, and the loss 
understanding language. Brian's is so severe, he's no longer, I mean, he can't talk. He talks in aphasia gibberish. He can text, but it's backwards. It's all over the place. I can sort of understand him, but um, he sort of has the stage of being frustrated by it. He was at first. But then he was diagnosed with early onset frontotemporal lobe dementia, and this was last year. And um, ironically enough, I work as a caregiver with Alzheimer's and dementia patients. I'm not a nurse, I'm a caregiver. But I didn't see it um, at first. This came on in his late 40s. It can come on 10 to 20 years. I mean, it can take that long to manifest. And it was a change in personality. It was, um, and he was a sweetheart of a man. We have three grown boys. He's Catholic, volunteered, loves people. Um, he started becoming, apathy is one of the main symptoms of aphasia and dementia. He became extremely apathetic, stopped paying bills. And as I said, he was an executive for 28 years. Um, cut me out of all our finances. I was trying to save our middle son. He's schizophrenic and drug addicted. And so I was dealing with that, and I didn't see, I just didn't see it. And then I found bills stuffed in bags. He started pulling away from family and friends. He started saying things to me like, I wish you would die. I mean, things that were so, I thought maybe he had a stroke or a tumor, but here's the thing. He wouldn't go to doctors. So he had an MRI two years ago, but wouldn't let me in. They wouldn't give me the results. Hmm. So by last year, we lost our house. We lost everything. And I mean, I don't mean everything. We haven't lost our children. God, we have a beautiful new grandson. But we lost everything material. And we lost, you know, a home we had for 30 years, 31 years. I'm sorry, 28 years. Anyhow, um, people would look at me and say, well, how didn't you know? Well, I was a little preoccupied. I thought he'd fallen out of love with me years ago. And I thought, is there another woman? No, there's no drugs or alcohol. He just spent a fortune, 401k, inheritance, gone. And please, for people listening, finance is a huge thing. Now, what I did was I told him last year, you have to see a neurologist and you have to get another MRI. And if you don't let me in, the family is walking away. I had to. I had to say, you're going to lose your kids. You're going to lose me. He agreed. Major atrophy of the brain. Major. It didn't take them long to diagnose him. So he has two cousins with early onset as well, but they're starting to find out now that maybe diet. He has chronic sleep apnea. Here's another mm-hmm. another thing for people. Yeah. If you don't treat it, you know, it's deprivation to the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a lot of other reasons too, but diet, stress, familial, you know, genetics. But he's aggressive. He's confrontational. He's combative. He runs out of the car at the stoplights. He runs away. He's extremely impulsive because of the aphasia. I work full-time. I don't have anybody because our children have a child in college, a child that's grown. I can't put it on him. He's he's completely pulled away from his family. Mm -hmm. Our parents are all gone. But Mm -hmm. I have to say this. Get disability. It took us a year we did get a lawyer who did it pro bono, a very good friend. Now, that was just the luck of the Irish for us. Mm-hmm. But he got it for us. It was so hard to traverse. I could never have done it on my own. Sue, so, so, uh, um, you're going to hear the music in just a couple seconds. Please, please, if you could stay um, on the line. We, we really want to comment on, on your story. This is... 
wow, this this came up very quickly for you. And now it's uh, it sounds like it's all around you. And now you're going to have to come up with the next stages of this, of, of how you're going to how you're going to uh, conduct what's happening with Brian. So please stay with us um, as we talk more about when dementia hits our families and, and how it has affected all of us. We're speaking with Sue in Chicago, and she's t- she's sharing her husband Brian's story. We'd like you to share your story if you could call in at 833-288-3986. Very impactful conversation unfolding here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio. It's talking about dementia, how it has played a role and impacted your family. Uh, we are going to get right back to Sue in just a moment. I want to quickly tell you before we do that, uh, a couple of uh, uh, affiliates of EWTN, we want to congratulate uh, two of them. They're members of the EWTN radio family. Catholic Voice of the Palm Beaches is celebrating their eighth year with us. Their station, WP, uh, WPBV, 90 point, uh, 98.3 FM serves Palm City in Stewart, Florida. And Light of Truth Ministries serving Lake Placid, New York, marks seven years with EWTN. So congratulations to both of you from all of us at EWTN Radio. Wonderful. Okay, Sue, thank you so much for holding uh, through the break. I just wanted to to say, you know, when we when we had that li- when we hit that little pause button, I was thinking and I was praying for you. I was praying for your family, and I was praying for Brian. And I put Brian in the prayer book. Um, but Sue, you you obviously you're working full time. You're a caregiver. You're taking care of Brian. You're trying to manage the family. I'm sure you're trying to recoup all the things that are happening. You you said you had that lawyer step in to help. Uh, with, I, I believe, the disability process. But Sue, who's taking care of you? That's what I need to know, please, because I, I you, you got to be taking care of yourself and having support to help you. Is somebody helping you, Sue? No, nobody, nobody. And it doesn't mean I have a horrible family. It's just, you know, our kids are age 22. The middle son is estranged. We had to let him go. Um, he's homeless, 26, and just beyond care at this point. It'll take a miracle from God to drag him out of it. Um, and the oldest, you know, they're four years married with a two-year-old. I can't, I mean, he's my executor. Something happens to me. I've been in the hospital with what I thought was a heart attack, and the doctor was so sweet. He's like, you're so overwhelmed. You have to remember something. We went from Blue Cross Blue Shield, financially blessed, thank you, the Lord, to zero. Right. And I'm the primary caregiver just above poverty, and we're losing Medicaid in 10 days. They've been wonderful. And um, I'm going to be responsible for Brian's insurance for another year. That's what happens, too, from the time you're diagnosed. Medicare and Medicaid doesn't kick in. And I know what's coming. I've taken care of these people. We're talking vegetative state. We're talking nursing home. We're talking, you know, anyhow, no one at this point. I mean, I'm relying on God, and I'm very, very spiritual. I mean, I'm, I'm very Catholic, and I have had some miracles. I will be honest with you. There have been miracles. All of a sudden, we got back pay. I didn't even know it was coming. There was a GoFundMe that friends set up, and I'm a very proud person. I don't reach my hand. I don't stick my hand out. And we were very, very blessed. But I, the woman that spoke to you, the first one, it hit a nerve because there have been family members, not in my immediate family, that have said, "Why? Are, what do you need money for? You're financially blessed. They don't understand that we lost everything. And, um, you know, 
you, are you spending it on yourself? Or, you know, those things I have to let go and pray for them because it's not true. Mm-hmm. But no one is taking care of me right now. I am, you know, I cry a lot. I just finished crying. Um, my heart's pounding. I have a lot of anxiety. I do have some medication through a doctor that I take. Um, it's all about Brian, Brian, Brian right now because he takes up 24 hours of my time. We took a vow and I will never leave him. I love him. It makes sense now. Um, but it is the stress is between the finance and Brian and our middle son, and he, Brian totaled our car, and I finally got another one. Thank you, God. So, and, and I'm not the only one. Please don't think I'm having a pity party. Please. Not at all. I mean, not at all. Going so. on in, you know, Ukraine, and I mean, I can't even see straight. I, don't, I, I just can't with what's going on in the world. But I, I want to say this. Just keep praying for those of you, and please explore disability. Please, because it takes the highest salary they've ever had, the highest paycheck, and that's what they'll give you per month. And um, even when Brian goes in a nursing home, and I just assumed it should all go with him, absolutely. I was told, no, you'll get a little bit because of the Poverty Spouse Act. So that will help. Um, you know, but if we didn't have disability, we'd probably be looking at street. I think our oldest would want to take us in, but um, pray, 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 pray. Just pray. And that's all I can do right now. Honestly, you guys, I cannot. There isn't anybody. There is nobody. Well, so reach out to research. Sorry, sorry. You, you have the most important element. You mentioned it. You said you're very, very devout Catholic. That is going to be your grounding, as you know. If you listen to this show, um, I don't know how much you've listened, if at all, but we, we consider the Take-Two, what we call a Take-Two family around the, around the world. It is a global mm-hmm. family, and we take prayer very, very seriously. So I have no doubt, I can, I can assure you, as soon as you came on the air, Sue, and began to share your situation with your husband, uh, the Take-Two family sprang into prayer around the world, and that's going to continue every day going forward from here. And all I can say about uh, the people who made those insensitive comments about your finances that's it's first of all it's none of their business and secondly even if even if they did know that was the case and and it wasn't in your situation there's no place for them to say things like that so Mm -hmm. you're 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 a beautiful soul and and an amazing amazing you're a strong woman sue you really are to be able to go you know be going through what you're going through i totally agree sue any last comments thank you thank you Well, no, just I need to let you go. You have so many people waiting, but I am praying for you and I pray for every single caller that's mm-hmm. coming in today and their families because we all need love and we all need God's mm-hmm. grace and we all need Absolutely. his help. And just keep crying out to him. He's there. Right. Yes. Amen. And your guardian angels right beside you. My Brian's guardian, guardian angels beside him. So you have, you do have that, that heavenly assistance. So, so, and then the prayers are coming in already from the take two family for you and Brian and your entire family. Sue, keep us posted. Okay. I will. I will. Thank you very oh, much. Okay. Thank okay, you. God bless. Yeah, this is uh, this is life, folks. We uh, here on this show and you know most every show on EWTN, we deal with life as it is in all of its good, bad, and ugly. And sometimes there are difficult topics, situations, circumstances we have to talk about. But we do so, as Debbie always says, so we come away a little bit better, a little bit closer to God, maybe a little bit closer to each other. Eight three three two eight eight. 3986. Joy in Grants Pass, Oregon is next, listening on His Mercy Radio. Hi, Joy. <clears throat> Hi. Um, I, I uh, have a more positive um, thought, and after listening to Sue, I, I, um, 
gosh, my heart was broken for her, what she's gone through financially. My, um, I've never been thankful in our 46 years of marriage, but uh, I managed the finances. So I, when my husband developed um, Alzheimer's uh, around 2010, um, it, you know, I was able to take care of all that, and he was not into anything that debilitated us um, in that way. Um, and uh, during the COVID time, I mean, I was able to work for a long time. I'm, I'm also an RN, too. And then during COVID, uh, my son was able to um, care for him uh, because he lost his job, and I was able to work per diem. So things financially have been okay. Um, and um, But I just sort of have um, more positive things to say about the process. Um, my husband uh, had an abusive childhood, and so we had a, a troubled marriage for, um, uh, for a long time until he was diagnosed with PTSD back in um, the 2000s, around 2008, and, and he got put on, or longer, he got put on some medication that calmed his personality, and uh, he became less verbally abusive and stuff. Um, but um, we, you know, my sons and I have um, suffered from that. So anyhow, and so now it's sort of since taking care of him, um, we've been able to heal uh, a lot. I've been able to appreciate the stuff I never really recognized um, with him that he was able to do. I mean, you never realize how awesome God has made our brain until you see the dying brain right before you. And it's like, my gosh, you are amazing, God, to create such a wonderful computer. I mean, just the ability to stand and go to the bathroom and pull down your pants, I mean, is a huge thing. I mean, he'll... Now he'll go to the bathroom and think that there's something to do, but he doesn't pull his pants down. You know, just the, the basics of life, you just, you know, don't have anymore that loss. Yeah, and Joy, um, I, I believe you said you too are an RN, if I, if I understood that correctly. And I want to thank you for that. And, um, you know, you've had some uh, many blessings along the way here. I'm, I'm curious to know um, where are things right now with your husband in terms of, you know, who, you're obviously caring for him, but is he still at home with you? What, what is the, the situation right now? He has been. He has been uh, continually at home with me. But today I'm admitting him. Uh, we, we found a good uh, memory care uh, home. Uh, the most patients they can have is 15. But I'm having to pay out of pocket for that. So that's like $7,400 a month. And he has a 401k that, you know, will definitely debilitate. And I've got about 4000 or, you know, four months of that. And then I thought maybe I could go back to work um, uh, per diem and uh, to help offset the cost so we won't be totally debilitated. I also want to let your callers know that the VA has been wonderful. 
about I have 20 hours respite um, a week. Um, I, but it was 12 hours. Um, but he's also on hospice. That's another thing. Um, people can go on hospice to get help where they pay for incontinent supplies, medications. So, um, and and he was evaluated several times for hospice, and they always said, oh, no, 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 he's not a candidate. Well, finally, um, this nurse did a separate evaluation thing and found out with his previous diagnoses of COPD, some heart issues, some renal issues, that he was able to qualify for hospice. And it doesn't, you don't have to just be terminal like six months. You know, right. sometimes with Alzheimer's, they'll count that. So that really helps with care. Um, so I would just encourage people to at least look into that. And um, so, um, and and uh, also, and if they're VA, they he they would pay for a hundred percent nursing home. Um, but I just don't think he's at that spot yet to, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't want to put him in a nursing home just right, right. now. Uh, well, Joy, you know, it sounds like you have really kind of thought this all through uh, very thoroughly, talked it through with, um, you know, whomever, you know, services, agencies, and so forth with family. And in, in essence, you know, you, you've got a plan. And like you said, you, you don't want that plan to lead to your husband being in a nursing home mm-hmm. quite yet at this time. Um, right. that, may, that may happen somewhere down the road. Um, I know, Debbie, your mother had to be in a, an assisted living facility mm-hmm. at some point as well. But I really think Joy has got, it sounds like a very good handle on this whole situation. Yeah. I, I agree, Joy. It sounds like you have a plan and you're get, staying ahead of it so it doesn't get overwhelming. Um, please, again, keep us posted. I don't know if you feel comfortable giving us your husband's first name. I do have the prayer book out, but I put you in and I put Joy's husband. So whatever you prefer. His name is Dennis. And another thing is um, in our family uh, where he, he hurt my, you know, son uh, verbally, um, you know, with the PTSD, anger, rages, mm-hmm. um, there's been healing, some healing with that. And, oh, that's and, and, and I was away from the Catholic Church. Um, up to like three years ago and came back and, mm-hmm. and he, he went and he was good. confirmed and he, I mean, it was just wonderful. So, so some good things have come about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome home. That, that is wonderful. Stay strong and, and, uh, self-preservation. You gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. And it sounds like, you know, you've got a, uh, like, I agree with Jerry, a really good plan in place. Joy, thank you so much for calling in today. And we're going to, um, do you want to sh- uh, share real quickly first with our listeners? Yeah, I do want to mention mm-hmm. uh, St. Ter- uh, St. Teresa's Tamio. Listen to me. I'm canonizing Teresa Tamio already. <laughs> Uh, Teresa Tamio's Catholic Connection, Monday through Friday mornings, 9 Eastern Time on EWTN Radio. Teresa and her guests share their Catholic perspective on the day's news and newsmakers. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, Monday through Fridays, 9 Eastern Time in the morning, here on EWTN Radio. You said that because you love St. Teresa. That's why. I so do. That's, I love yeah. a lot of St. Teresa's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Karen has been waiting so patiently. She's a first time caller in Pasco, Washington, listening on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Karen. Welcome to Take Two. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. 
just fine. Oh, perfect. I'm in my car. I was driving to Adoration when the when your show came on, and I'm sitting in the parking lot crying because this just struck me so hard. Um, I am the oldest of two daughters. My mom was diagnosed with dementia about eight years ago, but I had noticed it long before that. Um, and I live 900 miles away. She's in California. I'm in Washington. And um, as it, when it all started, and I'm calling in from the perspective of the family who's far away and not the caregivers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. When she first was diagnosed, um, my dad would call me, my mom, uh, my sister would call me and tell me because my sister lived with them. And that's a whole other story. But um I'm trying not to cry. Um, things I would I would get information, but as things have progressed, uh, my father. We're an Italian family, so Debbie, you probably know the dynamics. The pride I, Italian yeah. men can have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he has decided that I am a person of non grata because I ask a lot of questions, trying to get information. I'm not allowed on the HIPAA. So I can't talk to the doctor. So I'm asking tons of questions. And last year they put my mom in a home. I they will not tell me where she is. Mm. I haven't seen her in over a year. Um, I've basically been told to stop asking questions, stop calling. I've talked to my priest, and he's basically said just write letters. So I write letters to my family, send them cards. My parents and them were married. 60 years last week sent them an anniversary card, but -hmm. I don't know that my mom knows that I'm praying for all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's really Mm -hmm. hard on those of us who (laughs) can't Mm -hmm. help. I have offered, I'll come down, I'll spend two weeks, give you guys a break, whatever, and nobody will let me do anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. But Karen, Karen, you're on your way to adoration. So you're going to be sitting in front of our Lord. Okay. He knows, he knows how much you love your mom. He knows how much you care. He knows. Okay. You got to keep focusing on that first and keep that always, always remind yourself of that. So God knows and God sees everything. The second thing is, I think it's great advice that your priest gave about sending letters. I think it's wonderful. But also, instead of asking questions, Karen, switch it. Just send statements. Please tell mom how much I love her. Please give mom a hug. Please give yourself a hug. I love my family. Just give statements. Why? Because it's going to help you heal, Karen. For some reason, they're feeling the need to, to shut you out for some reason. Maybe it is because you're 900 miles away. I think that's how far you said it was, but you know what? That part doesn't even matter. What matters is, is that you shouldn't have to be going through this pain and anguish as your mother is aging and, 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 um, you know, possibly getting ready to meet the, the Lord soon. You need to be at peace with this. And it's important. I Jerry just typed over your guardian angel. Absolutely. Please enlist your guardian angel. Ask your guardian angel to go to her guardian angel so you can make the connection and feel and feel comforted. 
you said you came from Italian family. I'm assuming that your whole family is, is Catholic since you're going to adoration. So uh, when you receive the Eucharist, you are the closest to your mom, the very, very closest. Everything becomes very intimately connected during the Eucharist. So Karen, you got to lean on that so that you, so that you can feel a sense of peace internally. Okay. Okay. And, and actually I've been a long time listener. and I have always every, every week, at least I go to my guardian angel and have asked them to go tell my mother. I love her. Oh, good. Beautiful. Good. Well, they're doing it though, Karen, you got to trust they're doing it. Of course they're doing it. So your mother knows your mother knows deep in her soul that Karen loves her. And I could feel the Holy Spirit as I said that, Karen. Uh, did you feel? I felt it. Did you feel mm, it, Karen? I, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take comfort in knowing that there's a lot happening on the other side of the veil. A lot is happening. Okay. We're getting a lot of heavenly support for those that believe and remain faithful. So know that, Karen. Take comfort in that. And and when you're sitting in front of Jesus, know that, that he, he, there's no accident you called in today. And there's no accident that you got through today. We have, we have uh, full phone lines plus. So Karen, it was meant to be for you today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. A lot of prayers, Karen, from the, uh, the Take-Two family around the world, definitely. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Wayne, who's been holding very, very patiently in Illinois, listening to us on Sirius XM 130. Welcome, Wayne. Hi, thank you. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so I just wanted to share <clears throat> um, a couple years ago, uh, my, my mom passed away. Um, she was suffering from Parkinson's uh, for about, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so. Um, but the last, the last couple of years that, uh, she, she, you know, she was getting the dementia, um, and it was just getting worse. Um, she was actually moved. I have, uh, she was down in Texas and I'm in Illinois. Um, I have a couple other brothers that, that live near her there and we're looking out for, her. um, but the last, uh, couple of years she was moved from her home into a assisted living and then the last year or so into, uh, a hospice home there. Um, all this was going on during uh, during COVID. So that last year that uh, that she was alive, uh, I was able to go down and visit her. But due to the restrictions, I was just able to kind of wave to her and write notes for her, uh, looking at her through uh, her bedroom window. Um, so that was uh, that was that was really tough. Yeah. Um, but the last uh, <clears throat> about a year after that, um, I got a call from my brother saying that uh, the hospice there was saying that she wasn't doing good, and we decided that maybe I should uh, come and visit. So I was able to be there the, for about three days, and I visit her every day. <clears throat> Um, the first day I was there, I know she, she knew I was there and she kind of smiled and we shared a couple moments and, uh, the, the last day I was there, she was kind of worse off, but I prayed the rosary over her. Um, and, uh, 
flew back home, and uh, it was the next day I was at work when I received the call from my brother that she had passed away that, you know, early in the morning, mm-hmm. like four in the morning that uh, the day that I was there. So <clears throat> I just thought it was a really good grace that I received that we were able to, you know, yes. spend that time and that moment together. Absolutely, Wayne. Absolutely. I was just going to say, you were given an amazing, beautiful gift, a grace from God to have that time with your mother. And, and thanks be to God that the, uh, you know, the medical establishment now knows, that can really pinpoint things you know, down to almost the day or the hour of how long a person has. And that was uh, you know, very important for you to, to enable you to get there to see your mom you know, before she passed away. So what a great, great gift. And you, you, know, you prayed the rosary over her. It, was very, it sounds like it was a very spiritual, very beautiful um, 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 the whole thing as it played out, and God had it all in his hand right from the beginning there, and you got to be a part of your mother's life and, and interact with her right there immediately before the end of her life. So I think that's beautiful. Deb? I think it's wonderful. You got to spend that precious time with your mom, and especially with the rosary. Wayne, can you give us her first name? I have the prayer book out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sandra. Sandra. Okay, beautiful. She was waiting for you. Did you sense that? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I love when our loved ones do that. That is that is very precious, Wayne. Um, you're a beautiful son. That is wonderful that you got there in time um, to see to see Sandra off. So, way to go. We need more families, more more sons and daughters uh, like that to be with their to be with their loved ones. I think it's very important. And if you can't be with your loved ones, and in, pr- in prayer you can. In prayer you can. You can always stay connected. Always remember that because people are living all across the world these days, and people aren't living in their hometowns anymore. Jerry, I know we're not going to get to Debbie and Kathy and Rachel and the others, but let's let's plan on uh, revisiting this topic again, Jerry. What do you say? Absolutely. Very, very impactful and I think important conversation that we had today on Take Two. Tomorrow, we are going to uh, shift gears, do something a little bit different. We're going to ask you, what other decade do you wish you had grown up in? Okay, was there a, a decade that you look back on and maybe you weren't a part of it, but you wish you had been? That's tomorrow's program here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. That's going to be another active one because a lot of people have uh, many things to share about that. The 1950s, the 1960s, you know, we want to hear from you. So we love the Take Two family. Know that everybody's being logged into the prayer book today for this special show. Until tomorrow, have a beautiful and blessed day. St. Joseph, please pray for us.